Hi, I'm Edwards Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. As you approach St. Peter's Square in Rome, you are welcomed by this grand piazza. It's called St. Peter's Square. And when you enter into the square and just look up, you realize you're not alone that you are greeted and welcomed by 140 statues up in the sky, 140 statues of the saints. And it's reminding us that as we are pilgrims coming to Rome, coming to this central basilica in the city of Rome, we are, we're there with our spiritual brothers and sisters who've gone before us, the great saints that we celebrate this week in the solemnity of all the saints. And I don't know about you, though, when, when you hear the stories of the saints Sometimes I could be a little overwhelmed. I don't know if you ever have that. I'm grateful that they're there, and I'm grateful for the amazing things God did in their lives. But when I hear these extraordinary, remarkable events that happened in their lives, like they fasted for 30 days, or they stayed up all night in prayer, or they levitate when they were praying, and they're in ecstasy, or, or they have the stigmata. You know, When you hear these extraordinary stories, Sometimes, I, I, I don't know about you, I just feel like I, I can't relate. I don't have the stigmata. <laughs> I cry if I like cut my finger, you know, I, I, I get a paper cut, <laughs> you know, I can get upset about that, you know? So, uh, th- wow, this is incredible. I mean, that Padre Pio had the stigmata or St. Francis, I mean, that, that, that's really cool, but that doesn't relate to my day-to-day life. Or that this person stays up all night in prayer. Uh, this person fasts for weeks at a time. I mean, I like food. I like sleep. I can't relate. Do you ever feel that way? You know, sometimes I think we treat the saints like Catholic spiritual superheroes. You know, it's like, oh, they did these amazing things. You know, the St. Joseph Cupertino could fly is amazing. The saint could bilocate, you know, but, but like, I, I don't have their superhero power. So I can admire it from afar, but I don't have their superhero power. I can't levitate. I can't bilocate. I don't have the stigmata. So it doesn't really relate to my day-to-day life. But what if I were to tell you that the saints were like us, they were human. They struggled in prayer. They got distracted. There were many times they prayed and did not feel close to God. Sometimes they felt absolutely nothing in their prayer life. Those are the stories of the saints I can relate to. I have moments like that in my spiritual life. What if I told you that the saints were human? They made mistakes. They fell. They stumbled. They were tested. They sometimes faced great trials, had to carry great crosses. Those are the stories I can relate to because we all have different sufferings in life. And I could look at a saint and see how did they deal with their suffering and be encouraged and be inspired. You see, I think sometimes we put the saints on such a high pedestal, we might forget that they were human. They had problems. They made mistakes. They were one of us. And I think that's what the beautiful statues in St. Peter's Square reminds us of, that when we were pilgrims and we're walking in a square, we look up and we see we're not alone. It's reminding us about our pilgrimage of faith, not just pilgrimage to Rome, that throughout our journey of discipleship, we are not alone. Mother Mary, St. Francis, St. Therese of Lisieux, all of our brothers and sisters, the thousands of saints, they, they fought the good fight. They completed the race. They now have the crown of righteousness in heaven. They are there and and they're praying for us because they know what it's like to be human. They know about the various trials and sufferings we experience. You see, these men and women 
like us, struggle in prayer, had disputes, made mistakes. They were people like us with complicated problems and weaknesses. But each time they fell, they learned to get up again and trust in God's mercy. They learned to to rely on God, which is a lesson I know I need to learn, to rely on him more. And because they learned to rely on God more than themselves, they were changed. They were transformed. And what God did in countless saints, he wants to do in ordinary people like you and me. Their pathway of holiness wasn't just, I'm just stronger. I have more (laughs) self-willed. No, no. These were men and women that struggled like we do. The difference between them and us is they learned to entrust themselves ever more to God's mercy and his grace. And when we rely on God's grace more, we are transformed more. We are made holy, not by our own will, but by depending on God. And it's that lesson of the saints I want to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I love this time of year. You know, it's the time where we remember all the saints and all that they've done. The day after All Saints Day every year, we also remember the dead who've gone before us. So it's reminding us that the church isn't just about what's happening in Rome or what's happening in my parish and just what we see here on earth. No, no, the church involves the church suffering as well, the souls in purgatory, which we celebrate this week, and we should pray for them, but also the church triumphant or the church in heaven, the heavenly church, uh, and that is the saints. And that's what we're going to be looking at here today. And I want to talk about the saints. And and as you know, I, I wrote this book called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. It's been uh, the theme of many podcasts I've done in the last couple of months. But it, the book is very much all about the saints. It's taking the the humanity of the saints very seriously and looking at the wisdom they have for us in the struggles they faced, in the sufferings they faced, in the darkness they experienced in prayer. You know, when you read about that from St. Mother Teresa and how she responded or how St. John of the Cross responded to darkness in prayer, it, it teaches us something and inspires us. And that's that's what these 30 reflections in the book I wrote, When You Pray, is all about, is to take the wisdom of the saints to our prayer life. So the reflections are meant to be used in our prayer so that we can learn to trust and surrender and depend on God more. But when we hear only about those extraordinary events of the saints' lives, it could be a little, you know, overwhelming, maybe even discouraging. I just can't relate. I'm not holy like they are. I guess being holy means you have to have the stigmata <laughs> or holiness is all about levitating. It's about the superhero power we were talking about earlier. Uh, but I want to, I want to, one of the points I want to make before I get into some of the spirituality of saints is that these extraordinary events, events in the saints' lives, they're there to point to the work God wants to do in all of our souls. So in other words, when you hear about this amazing event, you know, St. Philip Neri, there's a wonderful story. You read about how he had this vision of a globe of fire coming toward him and entering in to his mouth and coming into his soul and, and his heart expanding with love as the burning love of God. And he is so much so that he cracked his ribs and you hear this extraordinary story and, I, and, and you go, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. When I pray, I don't think I've ever seen a globe of fire come into me and uh, break my ribs <laughs> and, and my heart grow. It, actually, you know, you can go and see the relic of his heart and, and the relic of his heart, it's, it's an enlarged heart. <laughs> so it really, he, his heart was physically bigger than the average human beings, much bigger. So there was a great miracle that happened in his life. 
I don't want us to just focus on that extraordinary physical event in his life. It, it, it is beautiful and we remember it, but, but what God is doing there is he, he's giving the saint this extraordinary physical experience of being filled with the love of God and his heart expanding physically to demonstrate what already was happening spiritually in Philip Neary. Philip Neary already had a very big heart before that miracle in his life. It wasn't like he had to experience this miracle, this miraculous vision, mystical experience, cracked ribs to, to have a big heart. No, he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus so much. He was so in love with Jesus. He had a big heart spiritually. And the remarkable miracle that took place in his life is pointing to that deeper spiritual reality. And, and what God did in Philip Neary physically, the globe of fire entering his heart, the love of God, symbolizing love of God, and his heart enlarging physically, what God did in that physical miracle points to the reality of what he wants to do in all of our lives. He wants our hearts to expand. He wants to fill us with his love. He wants our, our, our lives to be burning on fire with the love of God. And he wants our hearts spiritually to expand. So I may never get a broken rib in prayer. <laughs> you know, I've had broken ribs playing soccer and different things, you know, but, but not, not, not in prayer. That may never happen to me. But I pray, Jesus, through the intercession of St. Philip Neri, that I may welcome the fire of your love evermore into my heart. That's a beautiful prayer we should pray this week. And as we remember the saints, pick your favorite saint. If it's St. Philip Neri, this is a wonderful prayer. I pray that you, Jesus, may fill my heart with your love and expand my heart. Help me to love and then, and then make it practical. So Lord, how can I expand my heart to love you more? So maybe I, I, I need to spend more time with you in prayer. Maybe I need to take Dr. Shree's 30-day prayer challenge. He keeps talking about that on this podcast. And I keep saying, ah, I'm too busy right now. Oh, I don't really need to do that. No, now in light of All Saints Day, I'm going to start here in November and I'm going to do a 30-day prayer challenge to get ready for Advent. <laughs> so maybe that's a way that, that God's inviting you to expand your heart. Or maybe God's inviting you to expand your heart and forgive someone. There's someone in your life that you are really frustrated with right now and you need see beyond just the hurt you've experienced or the frustration you experience and look upon this person and see maybe they don't realize what they're doing. Maybe they're really sorry and I haven't forgiven them yet. Whatever it is, maybe I need to forgive my spouse, this child, this coworker, this fellow parishioner. How is God inviting you to expand your heart? That's what that story from St. Philip Neri is all about. Same thing, you could take a look at St. Francis of Assisi or Padre Pio. They had the stigmata which is a physical participation in Christ's suffering. They actually had a physical wound in their hand and, you, and, and blood could come out of it. So there's, there's a physical manifestation of something extraordinary participating in the cross of Jesus Christ. But again, it's not all about the physical miracle. There's a physical extraordinary thing happening in their lives to point to what was already happening, happening spiritually in their souls. They were participating in Christ's suffering already. And you think about, I just take both of them. They, they were many times misunderstood. They were rejected. They were falsely accused. They both lived great poverty. They both had great detachment. There was a lot of suffering in their lives. And they united those sufferings to the cross 
of Jesus Christ. These were men who sacrificed, surrendered everything, gave everything to God. That's, what, that, that's the mark God wants to leave on our souls. It's not about a mark in my hand. It's not about blood coming from my body. That, that's, not, that's not the important thing. But that extraordinary thing wakes us up, gets our attention, and, and we, see, we see that God did something powerful in their lives. But God's inviting us to look deeper, to look beyond the stigmata and see how their crosses, the cross marks their, their hearts. And once again, I, I, when I look at the great saints, I hear these stories, I should be thinking, Lord Jesus, how, how are you inviting me to participate in the cross more? Jesus doesn't want me focusing on the extraordinary event of the stigmata itself. He wants me to see the spiritual reality that is being made manifest visibly, physically, through the blood, through the wounds in their bodies. What's that deeper spirituality? It's something we can all grow in. Sacrifice. Jesus, how are you inviting me to sacrifice? How are you inviting me to deny myself right now? How are you inviting me to patiently endure misunderstanding? Many of the saints experienced this, but these two saints did. They were often misunderstood, falsely accused. Is there something going on right now where there's somebody at work that is misunderstanding you? Maybe your boss doesn't think you're working hard enough, or there's a colleague that is frustrated with you, but you've done your end. And Or maybe there's somebody at the parish or a certain family member that's frustrated that you're not coming for Thanksgiving this year or Christmas this year, and they misunderstand because you, you, you have to take care of your family this year, or there's a financial issue, whatever it is, but you are feeling unappreciated, misunderstood, you're feeling rejection, you're feeling a false accusation. Is there something right now? Because you can unite that suffering to Jesus. That's what the saints did. You don't need a stigmata. You need a heart that is willing to be united to Jesus in his loneliness, in his misunderstanding, in his suffering of Good Friday. You need a heart of Jesus that's going to sacrifice more. So maybe maybe you live a very comfortable life, but you've been sensing you're too attached to food you're a foodie and you have just all these attachments to kinds of food you eat and how you eat it and how it's cooked when you eat it. When, when we're too attached to food, no, by the way, no problem enjoying good food. My wife says my love language is not, you know, words of affirmation or physical touch or special time. No, no, no. My, my love language is food. <laughs> so I love food. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a good meal, but am I, am I too attached to it? Do I always have to have the food I like, when I like it, how I like it? Can I, in the next few weeks, really practice detachment from the food I like and maybe just not eat everything that's presented to me? Maybe I leave some on my plate or maybe I, if somebody presents a food I don't like, I just eat it and I eat it joyfully. I don't always eat what I want all the time. Maybe I'm too attached to my food. <laughs> or maybe I'm being invited to serve more and I don't want to serve. I'm too busy. I have too much going on. But Jesus is inviting me not to just control my time all for me. Maybe he's inviting me this, this season here as I'm thinking about the saints to live not just for myself, but to live for others. And so I'm going to just make a commitment and volunteer for this thing at the parish. I'm going to be there every week for it. Or I'm going to help my friend or be more attentive to my spouse and what my spouse needs right now instead of just focusing on my projects and what I want to get done on the weekend. Like, How can I sacrifice? That's what the story of the stigmata is meant to tell us about, whether it's 
Padre Pio or St. Francis of Assisi or the other saints that experience this. It's not about the, the Catholic circus freak show. Oh, look at this. You get these saints had a stigmata. Isn't that really cool? That's not what it's about. It's about pointing to the deeper spiritual reality. Let's remember that in this season of the saints. How about St. Teresa of Avila? Do you remember the story where she had a vision? It's beautifully depicted, by the way. If you ever go to Rome, go to the Church of Santa Maria in Vittoria. It's not too far from the train station. It's a beautiful church. And and inside the church, they have a chapel of St. John of the Cross, but they have this big side chapel in the transept. It's a beautiful uh, statue by Bernini of St. Teresa of Avila in ecstasy. And it's a wonderful depiction of this vision that she had in prayer, this mystical experience of an angel coming toward her with this fire-tipped arrow. Just picture an angel coming towards you with an, with a, with an arrow and raising it up and, and pointing it towards you. And then the angel takes the arrow and starts piercing your heart with it over and over and over again. And that, that's what happened to St. Teresa of Avila. And she describes how it was painful but she experienced such consolation, such delight, that she wished the experience never ended. What is this all about? It's called the transverberation, <laughs> which describes this idea of piercing through, is the Latin word of piercing through. That's what the word means. It's the transverberation of St. Teresa of Avila. Wow. wow, that's intense. I don't know. Any of you have had that experience in prayer? You know, shoot me an email, info.edwards3 at gmail.com. <laughs> Just send it right there. I want to hear all about this. That, that's, that's extraordinary. I don't think most of us are going to have that. But what is the story really all about? It's not about just this amazing vision. It's about what was happening in her heart. That transverberation means piercing through. What does God wants to do, want to do? He wants to pierce through our darkness with his light. He wants to pierce through our hard hearts with his love. He wants to pierce through our weak hearts with his strength. He wants to pierce through our sinfulness, our unfaithfulness with his faithful love. And Teresa of Avila was someone who didn't just pray a lot. It wasn't primarily about all the time she spent in prayer and the mystical visions and experiences, and she had a bunch of them. But you know, if you actually read her interior castle, her wonderful work about the different stages of the interior life, it's really about surrender. She talks about how as we're progressing in the spiritual life, the first step is to just start praying and praying every day. I've talked about that, having that interior life. But then the key turning point from the early stages of, a, of, of the spiritual journey to, to really growing in holiness, the key turning point in someone's life is surrender. It's detachment from our own will, detachment from what we like, what we want to do, and surrendering to God's will. It's, it's not just overcoming sin and weakness. That, I mean, that, that happens in the early stages of the spiritual life. But Teresa of Avila writes about how it's actually, you know, when I'm really growing in union with God is when I live not for myself, but I live for him. I seek not my will, but his will. And so I become more detached. And this can, this, this, in the end, I can, there's a lot I can do on my end, but in the end, it's God's love piercing through my own desire to control everything myself, my, my detachments to comfort, to pleasure, to my plans, to my dreams. Like I can try to surrender that on my own, but in the end, I need God's a greater love pulling me, 
away from my own self-love. In other words, what we're seeing in the life of St. Teresa of Avila, and even with this incredible mystical experience of the transverberation, the arrow piercing her heart, is it's not about like, oh, wow, angel appearing and an arrow on fire and wow, she's being stabbed. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's about how God wants to pierce through our desire to control and he wants us to let go. And we can't do that on our own. We can only remove ourselves from our attachments to our will in smaller ways. But in the end, we're just too attached and too fearful to give God everything. We need a greater love pulling us. So it's not me saying no, but it's my heart can't stop saying yes to what God wants for me. That's the deeper union that God wants for our souls. But that can only happen if, if he's the one drawing us out of ourselves. He's the one pulling us out of our lo- ourselves. It's a greater love attracting us. So it's not just I'm saying no to this thing I like so much. It's I'm saying yes to this, this more amazing, greater love. I, I think that that's, the, that's what we long for, that God has something so much more in store for us than any pleasure, comfort, honor, praise, promotion, wealth that I can experience here on earth. And I can try to detach myself from that a bit, but in the end, I'm going to need God's help. This is the lesson of the saints, my friends. They needed this help. So this is what St. Teresa experienced. It wasn't her own self-will. I'm going to be so detached from everything. I'm going to surrender to God everything. She did sacrifice. She did surrender. She did try to be more detached. She tried to live for God, but in the end, she needed God to help her do that. And she needed a greater love pulling her. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of like drinking a bad beer compared to a really good craft beer. You know, you, you, you get your, your Budweiser in a can, you know, when you're in college or something and wow, I'm drinking beer. <laughs> but then you have a, a really nice, you know, you know, you go to a, a nice brewery and it's just right, come right out there, you know, in the, in the, into the glass. And it's just, it's so much a different experience, right? You don't even want to drink your Bud Light anymore. You just, you want to, you want to drink a good beer. You know, I often use the example of, you know, it's like the difference between Dairy Queen ice cream or gelato. (laughs) Gelato in Italy is a whole different experience. It's a heavenly experience. And once you taste that, you don't want to to eat Dairy Queen anymore. (laughs) And, And this is what this scene of the transverberation is about. It's about Teresa of Avila being touched in a powerful, dramatic way, but touched by God's love which is greater than any love that we can experience here on earth. Love for money, love for attention, love for praise, love for success, love for comfort, love for pleasure. Whatever those loves that we have, there's something so much greater, and that's Jesus. And we all know that intellectually, but we need, we need his love to pierce our hearts, to taste his love at a deeper level so that we want to give him everything. Is that what you want, my friends? These are the lessons of the saints And so let's not focus on all the extraordinary things. Let's see that those extraordinary events in the saints are meant to appoint us to the ordinary work of transformation God wants to do in all our souls. If you want to learn more about this journey of transformation, you can check out my book called When You Pray, 30 Reflections that take you through these different themes in the spiritual tradition of surrendering more, growing in greater trust, learning how to to be more detached, finding God in our weakness, allowing him to strengthen us with his strength. 
and not rely on ourselves. 30 reflections that help you to be able to go deeper in the prayer life, deeper in the spiritual life, in the footsteps of all the saints. That's what the 30 reflections are all about. You can check out the book at ascensionpress.com. That's ascensionpress.com. And my friends, if you enjoy this podcast, if it enriches your spiritual life and your walk with the Lord, please write a review. Uh, it, It helps get it out to more people and it can touch more souls. So write a review if you can. Thanks so much and God bless.